Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hi, welcome to the Fix Your Sex Podcast, where we talk all things sex. I am your host, Amina, and I'm a sacred sex coach, sex doula, tantric body worker, pleasure activist, and all-around sexual revolutionary. I'm here to share my thoughts and hot takes on how and why we are still having bad sex in the 21st century and providing solutions and tips so that you can have sex that's really good for the rest of your life. Quick disclaimer, this podcast is for grown-ups, and there are sensitive topics being discussed. So if you are under 18 or if conversations about sex and the usage of profanity bother you, you might want to leave now. But at least you've been warned. Okay, on with the show. So, um, first of all, let me just start by saying uh, I, as many of you know, am back in Hawaii. I have been here um, pretty much since the start of the pandemic. And I haven't recorded very many podcast episodes because I, it's loud here. Gratefully loud. I'm not complaining about the noise level, but it doesn't show up well on podcast according to the rules of podcast. Um, and you can probably hear it now. There's birds in the background. There's chickens. And Hawaii is not a place where a lot of people have air conditioning. And I'm one of those people that don't. Uh, we don't really need it. The breezes blow through great. So we just keep the doors open. And I would need to build out a podcast studio or go down to my old job and record at the radio station. Not an option right now. So fuck the rules. There may be some chickens crowing. You may hear our chickens, whatever chickens do, buck-hopping. And you may hear some roosters crowing. Um, you may hear some goats. We have some two, uh, two new baby goats here on the farm. I, you might hear some background noise. Just be prepared for that and receive it. I hope you can connect with nature through my podcast because the birds are not going to get quiet for me. And I'm going to continue to record despite what they say about how it should go. Um, so yeah, I wanted to lead with that. But what a week it's been. What a month it's been. What a fucking year 2020 is continuing to show its entire ass. Um, Beyonce had Black is King released and that this week showed a lot of information for folks that uh, revealed a lot of information about folks who who really um, have a hard time processing or to me, and this is just my opinion, but have a hard time processing what art is and how what art's role in society is. Um, I'm not going to get into that because that's not that's not where I'm at. But that was how it started. And I really got to enjoy Black is King and observe and um, the, as an art, as an artistic piece and, 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 and listen to critiques about the artistic relevance of it, which was great. I also, um, but then right after that, we got a little wet ass pussy action. 
Cardi B and Meg The Stallion, my birthday twin, uh, dropped Wet Ass Pussy. And people, you either love it or you hate it, right? Um, either you either you, you really enjoy it. And I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm going to talk about Wet Ass Pussy. That's what I'm opening up with. We usually have our pro-ho tip of the month. I'll get to that. But I wanted to open up with that because I want to get that out the way. Um, I'm not a big fan of rap currently as it exists. I grew up, you know, I'm a I'm a rap boomer, if you will. I grew up on on hip hop that told a story that was um, a little bit more than just a bop, uh, but actually like made us really feel connected to the storytelling aspect of it. I grew up with the roots and and like in my peak time, in my in in my peak twerking capabilities, um, and I had house music for for twerk. My my hip hop though was just different. That's just my age thing, right? So Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion, I like to celebrate them because they're women who are providing um, their own artistic representation of of where they come from and what their experiences are. And it's liberating and it's free and it's vocal and it's in your face. And it's, I love that. I'm here for it. Can't say that outside of someone else playing the song that I'm gonna, you know, Work to it, but I'll play it here and there. I'll have it in my um, in my music selection when I have a party. Make sure that that goes on the rotation. It's not something I'm going to cruise to at the house. But the number of people who have a real problem with women talking about wet ass pussies is amazing for me. Like I and I just I shouldn't be surprised. I'm I'm. It's more giggle worthy to me that. Um, that there is just this problem with something that's so easy to avoid. You know, it's like arguing with with strangers. It's you don't have to do it. You can turn the music off. I never hear music I don't like because I'm in control of my music. I get to select what I want. I don't go to a lot of places that play music that upsets my spirit or soul. So it's kind of let's just work with it. If you're listening to that, you're probably listening to other songs that are problematic. And I mean, there's no shortage of them. If you're going to break down music that's problematic about pussy and sex and men and women and bodies and penises. And they're like, I mean, you can we can pick apart all of them. But what we end up doing is we end up just doing it for a certain brand of woman. And I think that. That just got to me this week more than anything else. There's a certain brand of woman that's not allowed to talk about her sexuality because her brand is loud and upfront and in your face. And patriarchy don't want that. We don't want nothing to do with that in a patriarchal society for a woman to truly express her joy in a way that is in alignment with her brand. If her brand is loud black girl. We don't like the loud black girl. We don't create space for the loud black girl to exist. She has to exist on her own terms. And she does. And it pisses people off. So shout out to my birthday twin, Meg Thee Stallion, and to Cardi B for continuing to piss people off with the brand that is the loud black girl. Because that loud black girl is existing in our society 
and is being told to shut up all the time. And usually when she's being told to shut up, it's not in any way going to serve her. It's not going to protect her from harm. It's not going to allow her to feel more pleasure in her body. It's going to make someone else feel more comfortable. That's it. That's what we teach the loud black girl. Don't be yourself so that other people can be more comfortable. What is more problematic than that? I'll let you think about it. So I guess my pro-ho tip for this week is be you. If that's the loud black girl, if that's whatever it is, be you. Allow yourself to be. Um, Matt Haig had a quote that I saw this morning. Um, it was shared online, but it wasn't, he didn't, he reposted it anyway. If you don't follow Matthew Haig, you should H A I G. He's, um, really has a lot of great, um, writings. He's just very good at kind of putting things together. But anyway, this point, what he said, um, this morning was, uh, aim to be you aim to look and act and think like you aim to be the truest version of you and embrace that units, endorse it love it and work hard at it and don't give a second thought when people mock it or ridicule it because most gossip is envy in disguise and that's from the midnight library um and that's my pro ho tip is be you be fucking you if my if you are the loud black girl then let that be you i was a loud black girl once i can still sometimes crank it on up Um, if that's what feels good for me in that moment, right? We all get to be wherever we are at in our life experience. And if you start trying to be anything else but you, it's going to be exhausting and you are not going to have a wet ass pussy. It's just not going to happen because you're going to be too clenched up and closed up in the hips to even allow yourself to experience joy because your joy is yours. And if you're not being you, then you're trying to taste somebody else's joy. That shit ain't going to feel good to you. It's just not. It's not going to feel good to you. You won't be able to handle joy when it comes. It'll feel too good. It'll feel like too much. Hypersensitive. Because you won't just let yourself be. So that's the pro-ho tip of the week. Um, Yeah, that's where we're starting today. With all that being said, I would like to hold you just for a moment. So if you could bear with me for a few minutes while I get a little extra woo on you. If you could close your eyes if you're not driving um, and just sit there and and feel me holding you. Imagine my embrace around you, around your body. In fact, if it helps for you to reach around your own body and just hold your shoulders with your hands, hugging yourself and connecting with me through this process of being held. I want to hold you because 2020 is a fucking nightmare. It is. Even for those of us that are thriving in 2020, this is still some dystopian nightmare that we're just able to thrive in. So I want to hold you and I want to hold space for your experience right now. 
I want you to know that this is not what we planned when we were little girls and little boys, little people imagining what the future was going to be like when we watched George Jetson and saw them on flying cars. None of this is what we were imagining. We didn't imagine a pandemic. We didn't imagine police brutality. We didn't imagine not being able to touch canceled orgies, <laughs> lack of cuddles. We didn't imagine any of this. We couldn't have. Why would we? But now we're experiencing it and I want to hold you. Even if it's just across the air. I was speaking with someone and we led, um, the conversation was led to to this moment, to this current moment that we're in. And how hard it is for those of us who are used to touch. How challenging it is for those of us who, I mean, I am, a, if you know me, if you've met me, I'm a hugger. I ask most times I've gotten better, um, but I grew up hugging. I, um, you know, grew up around a lot of foreigners too. So you hug when you see each other. And then I went into touch and then I moved to Hawaii. And so <laughs> I hugging is a part of the culture here. You greet, we greet with hugs. We hug, we touch everybody. We connect when we speak. We place hot hands on shoulders when we talk and we look each other in the eyes. Definitely not six feet apart. It's really hard for us in other ways. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, my, my savings account looks better and my credit score is going up and, you know, I'm spending more time with my with, with myself and I've read more books and that feels like thriving too. But I think that the human experience, I know that the human experience asks us for more than that. It asks us to connect with each other energetically, physically, emotionally. And this time is telling us that we can't do any of that. But that's not ours. Not right now. And that is a nightmare. That is just anti, it's not natural. Um, and so I have a solution. <laughs> Um, it's not a complete solution. There are none. But I think that I would like to propose an alternative to this. And I know it's different depending on where in the country or where in the world you're listening to me at. Like maybe you picking this up and you're in the, um, you know, in the Caribbean or in Costa Rica or in South Africa. And you guys are experiencing something different than what we're experiencing here in the U.S., or maybe you're not in a Western state in the U.S. Maybe you're in the South or you're in the Midwest. Um, and we're all seeing peaks at different times. We're seeing death around us um, ebb and flow in different ways. Um, we're seeing fear, fear mongering. We're seeing hate. Um, and we're seeing just this combination of things that's that's not really giving us any any idea for the future. 
I was going to have a calendar burning party the other day because I got to the point where I got tired of erasing. And it's like, what the fuck is the point of this calendar right now? Right? How do you make a plan for the future when we're all, the, when the future is so uncertain? I make a plan for October and then in October, we move into a 14 day quarantine again. And so no one can come visit. Or um, I make a plan for January and in January we're seeing a winter peak and everyone's scared to leave their house again. Um, Or the government is saying that we can't leave our house because we have nothing under control and the diseases, the virus is continuing to spread. So like, how do you make a plan? How do you do any of this? Well, one of the things that it taught has not taught me, but I guess reminded me of um, is that I wasn't in flow as much as I thought I was. You know, this practice of living in flow and allowing them, ourselves to move in the moment. Even for me, someone who teaches and coaches flow, I realized that eh, I was kind of doing it okay. <laughs> but to move in flow requires a certain a certain energy. It requires a certain a certain energy of letting go and and really just being and and I you know I mean I'm I've read radical acceptance a couple times. I think I was thinking I was there, but that just wasn't it. I wasn't there and I have moments where I won't be there. I won't be there a couple times this week. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not gonna happen. There's gonna be a couple moments where I'm like, ah, I'm not there again. It's it's what it is. But we have to work towards existing in the now. So what does that look like to me? I think one of the things that I really realized, um, you know, and this is something as I navigate, like I'm a sexual being. I want to have, I want to have sexual relations with my people. I want to connect and have, you know, sensual touch and love and joy with my people. Well, how do I do that right now? And I really think that it's important for me and for you to establish pods. And I've talked about this um, in class. For those of you who have been in my class, we talked about doing it for the Tantra Festival before we had shifted the date. Um, and I think it's important, though. I think it's important for us to identify people who we are want, who we want to spend time with who we trust, who we would trust to raw dog. If, you know, um, in the, in nuclear light. (laughs) So find your people, find your people, find your people. If that's one person or two people, I'm not saying you have to raw dog them. I'm not even suggesting that you have sex with them actually, but I think that it's really important for us to find our intimacy pods. Like these are the people that, I'm going to make a commitment to, to get through the winter because in my Game of Thrones voice, winter is coming. And what is that going to look like? We don't know. But I do know winter, every winter, the flu hits every winter, the cold season strikes. Um, It doesn't happen as much for us here in Hawaii, but it does happen for people on the mainland, which is where I spend a lot of my time Um, and where, you know, it happens back home in Atlanta. So when I return home, I have to be be extremely cautious and conscious of that. During this time, though, who are the people that I can trust who will 
put my well-being at, at the forefront. And who can I offer that to as well? So that when we're isolating, that we're truly isolating amongst ourselves, we're cautious and whatever level of, of isolation that you're, that you're okay with. I think that, you know, I talk a lot about finding your joy and finding your pleasure. Um, and I think that analyzing your risk, how much risk that you're willing to accept um, is important. Harm reduction principles are going to come into play. They're going to have to. And in that harm reduction, you have to decide how much risk is worth it for you, how much risk you feel comfortable with. I can't say that. Dr. Fauci can't say that. The World Health Organization can't say that. You have to decide what that looks like for you. If you are someone who believes you can speak affirmations into your body and not have disease, not have viruses attach on to you, then you know what that level is for you. If you are someone who thinks, no, I'm immunocompromised or my lover is, so I'm going to be very diligent about this, this and this, washing my hands. I'm not going to go out like whatever level that is for you. Doesn't matter. It could be as wide as the spectrum is long. You have to decide on that. And then, like we do in all sexual situations, you have to tell your partner, your pod people, your crew, that this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm going to be, how I'm going to be practicing harm reduction and how I'm going to be monitoring and caring for my well-being. And I want you to know that. And if that's acceptable for this pod, if we can all come to some terms. It's kind of like kitchen table poly, but only without, you know, not necessarily being in a sexual relationship. Although this can work very well for triads and up. <laughs> and you just sit and you come to terms with, all right, I'm going to be self-isolating. I work from home every day. I'm not leaving the house except for essentials. And when I do leave the house, I'm wearing a mask and gloves or I'm doing this or whatever that is so that you can come together. Hey, it's Friday. What are you doing? We're going to have our people from our pod over. Oh, I stepped out of the pod and I went to a party last week. I can't come through um, this weekend for our little get together because I've, I've already stepped out and I don't want to put you guys at risk or I don't feel well. Probably it's just the cold because it's cold season, but because I have a little something going on, I'm going to stay home. Um, I'll see you guys next week. If this clears up, that will allow us to sit in our spaces and be protected and still have community. Because one of the things this country did is that we, it sold us on individuality. And so we, we, I've been working for the last few years to really build community at the Institute, but it's hard because we want to be individuals. I want to be alone. I want to go home, some peace and quiet. I don't want to see anybody at night. I don't want to be around people. I want to pick and choose, cherry pick my companionship. And that's totally acceptable, totally fine. I'm not knocking that. That's just where we moved into as a society. So that people like me with an open house model are weird. We're the hippies. It's like, oh, you mean your house is just open. Well, it's just open. Doors are open. People can come by. I don't mind. Um, my How I move is differently. It's not better or worse. It's just different. But what happened in this selling is that the selling of, of individuality and, and being completely separate that we ended up in a space that now 
when we're forced to be alone, it feels very, very fucking lonely. It feels very silent, neglectful. So how do we heal from that? So when we come back from all this, we're going to need my programs, my classes, my workshops, the Atlanta Tantra Fest more than ever before. People who never would get in my cuddle puddles are going to call and want to get in the cuddle puddles. But we don't know when that date is. See, the World Health Organization told us two years. But then we shut them up. I think the rest of the world is preparing for two years and we're preparing for next week and next week just never comes. It's like we're living paycheck to paycheck, but emotionally. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I'm all out again. We don't have a way to replenish. We don't have a way to to tap back in. And so we're just increasing our frustration and increasing our our our, um, our capacity or decreasing our capacity to connect emotionally. Because once you do that so often, investing in emotionally, then you eventually, the bank runs out. You don't have nothing left to invest. Or the little bit you do have left to invest, you're not going to because you're going to be hoarding that, right? Like, oh, I'm not going to spend this last bit. I'm going to hold on to it to the eagle grin, as the old blues song says. And so you end up being fearful and overprotective. That also does not feel good. How do we avoid all that? Because all of this is going to impact our sexual function. It's all going to impact the way in which we connect the way in which we choose our lovers and who people we are making some bad decisions because of because of all that right now we're not being careful about the negotiations that we're making with people about who we you know pandemic loneliness is a very real thing and so who we're ending up with in this space of pandemic loneliness is um yeah it's i've seen some examples and i'm like well, well i know what you were thinking I, I can see how that went wrong, but it's really happening. Like we're not making the best decisions because we're, we're too hungry. We're too hungry for touch. We're too hungry. We're too thirsty. We need connection now. So I'll just take it. We're not being very intentional. We're not moving in flow. We're making bad sexual decisions. We're causing further trauma to our bodies in sexual experiences because we long for connection and touch. We long for orgasm and orgasmic energy, for sharing that orgasmic energy in a space that says you can't touch, you can't touch, you can't touch until finally you need touch so much that you become rebellious in it and you go out and you just get it. I mean, it's like eating. It's like when you're hungry at the grocery store and you just end up buying shit you don't need. You end up with something you don't need. You end up with something that's not going to serve you well at all. It's going to hurt. It's going to cause additional trauma. But it's going to feel good in this moment because in this moment I'm hungry and I need to be fed. We know that moment is coming. We know this is happening. So how do we get in a state where we're moving with flow and not frantically swimming towards whatever it is? that won't serve us well. How do we do that? How do we do that with the idea of not looking at tomorrow being normal, not thinking that society is going to get back to a certain space in a week or two, not thinking about that. Just where am I at now? What do I need now? How do I offer 
something to myself that I need right now? How do I make sure my needs are met right now? Which needs can be met? And how do I deal with the fact that some of these needs can't be met? How do I handle that loss? How do I navigate that sense of neglect? Which is what we experience when our needs aren't being met. How do we do that? I think that's all very important um, for us as a people, as a community of lovers, as a community of people learning about our bodies and experiencing sex and sexuality. That we listen, we check in, we start to answer our own questions. That's what National Embodiment or National Erotic Embodiment Month is all about right now. If you haven't been following along, I started, I declared, fuck it, I declared August National Erotic Embodiment Month. There wasn't one. And August seemed like the good time to start it. So here we are. Put that on the calendar every August. Um, And it's really, this whole month has been about getting back into our bodies. And not just like in that wonderfully way that we do when we masturbate. I love masturbation. We have another masturbation meditation session coming up at the end of the month. I think it's on the 25th for Tantra Tuesday. So you know I'm a fan. I'm not saying that. But, um, but beyond that, or beyond genital masturbation is what I'm really saying. Like what if masturbation could be bigger? I have a video that's coming out that's showing um, a masturbation exercise that I'm doing. And it's really... Like, I'm so much more than my genitals. I experience pleasure immensely all over my body. Why am I not utilizing that? Why would I not touch on myself all over on a regular practice as a part of my masturbation? So many people are asking that question. Like, I have to ask that question in in our heads. We tend to, and I, I talk, you know, to hundreds of clients a year. And every time I'm talking to them and we talk about masturbation, it is very genital oriented. It's very orgasm oriented or ejaculatory or ejaculation oriented. And it's, there's just so much more to the body than that. We have to get to a space where we are allowing ourselves to experience the whole body. We need to awaken the whole body. Because if we can't do that, then we can't hear it when it talks to us. We've told our bodies to be quiet for so long. We've lived in a society that's told our bodies to be quiet for so long. We shame, we shame a yawn. How many of you out there have done it where you yawn and you apologize? It's because it's been shamed. We've been shamed out of yawning. It's a natural human function. How will we ever get free in sex? We can't even fucking yawn in, in public. It's crazy. So this National Erotic Embodiment Month allows us to kind of come back into our body. We had a breathwork um, class and we had um, a just a true embodiment, like learning embodiment practices, um, breathing into our genitals. Uh, we use, we're doing some humming and some vibrational work. And then we have our masturbation and meditation. But just checking in so that my body can say, this is not what I need. My body told me I needed to be in Hawaii. I'm listening. Now I know you're probably thinking, oh shit, my body might be saying that too. And it might be, you have the opportunity if you're a member on Patreon to come and stay with me for a bit. Um, but, But your body might be, 
telling you that where you're at environmentally is not good for you. But you may not be listening. One of the things, and I tell this story often when I'm talking to people, um, um, EJ, my, my husband's body was telling him to also leave. He needed to be near salt water. And so every time we would leave on, on any trip, his eczema would calm down. It would basically go away. His psoriasis, uh, psoriasis would go away. And um, his, uh, he had, I think it's called sebaceous dermatitis, something. It was like some, it's almost like cradle cap, like a scalp issue um, that would lead to balding, <laughs> would, would go away. We would go somewhere. We would go to Cuba usually, and it would go away. We go to Costa Rica, it would go away. So he never, it was like, we just weren't listening to his body. He was, I can't listen to his body for him. He has to do it. Then he wasn't listening to his body. He was like, you know, noticing that there was a change, but not actually listening that the body, when it was in Atlanta and in that space, that it actually was crying out for help. And in that cry, it was scabbing up. The skin was developing an extra layer to protect it from the environment. And it was painful and it was um, unattractive. It was it led to self-consciousness. And then you come back to the water, you jump in the ocean, you have salt water around you, the right temperature that your body desires, and all the issues clear up. Skin is clear. Eczema is like it never happened. There's not even any scarring. It's like we made the whole fucking thing up. That's what I mean by listening to your body, though. This wasn't his first travel experience. He was traveling before he met me. He was traveling before he started working, uh, started learning mindfulness and bodyfulness, and then moved into a space where, in that practice, he started listening and realizing something was changing. There's probably a lot of that happening for you in your home, in your relationships, in your in your sexual practices, where it doesn't feel good. It doesn't work well. Not It's not necessarily painful, although that can often do it, but it does not feel good at all. And if you can learn to move and follow your pleasure, if you can learn to experience life even in this moment where you need to be held, if you can learn to experience life by way of your pleasure, that will change everything. That's why wet ass pussy is really a bop. Because your pussy is your oracle. And the different types of wetness should tell you a lot about what's happening in your world. Is your diet right? Is your environment right? Is your lover right? I can tell all of that from the taste, consistency, smell, and feel of my wet ass pussy that's something that we <laughs> that's a verse that i need to be added to the song we could take out some of those verses where it's a lot of work because a lot of times in the song i think it sounds like a lot of fucking work my pussy's not gonna work that hard if it's that wet it does not need to work that hard to do anything so anyway i digress um yeah that's really it for this show i just wanted to check back in with you all and do a quick a quick update. Um, I'm still in Hawaii. I will be here in Hawaii until we until the cows until the earth moves me. The cows come knocking. My original plan was two years as we wait out the pandemic, but that could be sooner. That could be longer. We'll see. Um, until then, there's a few ways we can hang out. 
I still have Tantra Tuesday every Tuesday, although I'm going on hiatus for September. I'm going on a sabbatical. It's my first sabbatical ever. So I'm excited to do it wrong um, <laughs> because I realized I already had some shit on the calendar. So my sabbatical starts September 1st, but I will see, still be presenting at Sex Down South, um, which is a, a weekend conference that I usually is held in Atlanta and it's online now. So you can go to sexdownsouth.com um, and learn more about that. Um, I will be teaching there. If you're already on Patreon and if you're not on Patreon, quit playing. You can be on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. If you are on Patreon, thank you so much for supporting this work and allowing me to continue to do this work and hold space for us during this, um, during this crisis. Cause I really feel like right now that all of the work that I was doing was to build me up, to be ready to hold space and to help guide folks into, into, into their own pleasure right now, more than ever is so important. So if you are already a member, thank you for allowing me to do that. Um, if you're not, go ahead and slide on over to Patreon. Um, you can, it's, it's patreon.com forward slash ATL Tantra. It's in the notes of this podcast and you can attend classes for free if you're at the founder level and up. And if not, and you also can um, make your plans to come to stay in Hawaii for a three, five or seven day retreat where you are going through your whole process of healing with me. We can talk about what that looks like in your first consult. Um, so that's something to think about for those of you who had traveling on your vision board and have been sitting in the house for the last few months. Um, we can talk about what that looks like as you, as, as we prepare to open things um, in accordance with, with the way nature wants us to move. Um. Also, I made an announcement recently about the Atlanta Tantra Festival. If you are on my email list, you saw it. But if you are not, um, it is also on the website. If you go to atltantrafest.com, we have decided to postpone the Tantra Festival. Boo hoo. Because um, because I just can't, I can't see it. I can't see the cuddles and the flogging and all of the things that are the Tantra Festival. We touch each other. We hold space. We practice nude yoga together. We moan in rooms where the energy is vibrating off of the church walls. It is an amazing experience that cannot be boxed into the internet. It just can't be. So we're postponing it. We're postponing it until whenever it's safe again. Um, in my head, I feel like May 31st or you know that Memorial Day weekend is where where I'm holding a space in my heart for, but we don't know what that's going to look like. So it's tentative. We'll see what happens. Um, just keep that in mind. We'll be back in Atlanta live and in charge and a big, in the big church again, it just will take some time. Um, until then, thank you for being a part of this experience for trusting me on my, on your journey. Please feel free to jump in um, a discovery call with me at any time that you please uh, I would love to learn more about you and your path um, and and connect with you. So that's it. If you have any questions that you would like answered on the next episode of the Fix Your Sex podcast, they can be emailed to info at ATL Tantra. That's A-T-L-T-A-N-T-R-A fest, F-E-S-T dot com. 
The email is also in the podcast notes. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to having you around at the next one to have you see you online at Tantra Tuesday or next year sometime at the ATL Tantra Fest. Until then, go and have some amazing sex. The Fix Your Sex podcast is produced by Denny Lavish with music by Michael Finney. And this episode is sponsored by Let's Get Checked. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.